FIU Radcliffe Art and Design Incubator. This is the Tech Conversations podcast. My name is Neil Ramsey. I'm the co-founding faculty at Radcliffe Art and Design Incubator. This is this episode is Tech Does Not Mean You Plug It In. And today we are interviewing Laura Sinclair. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Real well. So Laura's coming to us from Palm Beach County, I believe. Um, and Laura, could you give us a little bit about your background in terms of what your uh, profession is? Sure. I am a performing violinist and violist based in South Florida, but I perform all over the world. And I am also a private violin and viola instructor based in Palm Beach County. I have a studio of 20 students from age 4 to age 64. I focus on Suzuki education, which is a philosophy and method of educating the whole child um, and very heavy on parent involvement. I also coach um, emerging and established string educators in um, developing their existing or creating their own um, private studio practice and how to make it efficient and reflect the lifestyle and um, lifestyle and uh, work environment that they would like. Okay. So let's um, let me <clears throat> I know your Instagram handle is Viola, Viola Maverick. Could you tell me and tell our audience a little bit about this uh, Viola Maverick um, and this uh, what you're doing in the symphonies and what you're playing and who you've played with? So I do um, primarily perform classical and contemporary music. I can be seen on stage with Atlanta Classical Orchestra and the Kravis Pops Orchestra and with other symphonies in the area. I can be found in the pit of any visiting um, national Broadway tour. I think I've seen you in the pit one time. Yes, you have, and you'll see me again in May um, in the pit of Ain't Too Proud. And I also perform and manage and contract a lot of luxury events. And so that's really the source of a lot of my travel. And I am also, I'm sorry. And I also understand you have played with some uh, very well-known individuals. Yes, just a few. Um, Hugh Hugh Jackman and Rod Stewart are a big highlight. You might be partial to him. He was, (laughs) he was so kind. Um, uh, Anne Hampton Calloway, Neil Sedaka, David Foster, a lot of the, you know, more modern jazz uh, and American songbook contemporaries. And so you've been doing this for some time. Um, I've been based in South Florida since 2009, and I've been playing for over 30 years. Okay. So now I'm going to focus back to tech does not mean you plug it in the the uh, reason for our episode. And that's because um, you have developed something and you've developed uh, a 
a business, but a sort of a technology of sorts, right? If we're going back to the root word of technology. Um, and that is what I believe we call Maverick Music. That's right. And the part of Maverick Music that I have developed into a tech, as you would say, um, is my coaching of established and new teachers. Um, and what was the problem in terms of what was the issue? So how did Maverick Music, how was that born? What, so, what gave birth to that? So for me, it was born out of um, a, a lifestyle necessity. You know, I was, in a, I was straight out of university. I took a public school teaching job. I knew that the way to make more money as a teacher was to take on private students while I was getting myself established as a freelancer. And it turned into very poor boundaries, working seven days a week, never being able to plan a vacation, never being able to see my family, who are all based in Canada, and having almost no personal life. And after about a decade of that, I realized that that was not a, not a great model. It was not a model I wanted to be basing my life off of. And I slowly transformed my life into a more sustainable model of music education that involved transitioning our traditional model of what needed to happen is the technology needed to be developed to transition our traditional model of showing up for your private lesson once a week mm -hmm. to... Yep to a more sustainable system where both client, the parent and teacher are more accountable to each other. So to, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. To create um, a, more of a sense of responsibility and community within my business itself. So you, the, okay. So there was a, a some sort of a, the, the current method of teaching music, right? Yeah, so the, the current method of teaching music is your teacher is available for you at any time. You book an appointment, and perhaps I would say that most music educators out there are perhaps not having them even sign contracts. It's going, you're very much going on a week by week basis. And so, this okay, the, so this is typically how the music education and the freelance world works and i would say that you know you would know this is <laughs> been your industry for what two decades now so mm -hmm. so, so uh, you know this word is maybe overused but nothing's really changed probably since i've had piano lessons as a youth no because I that that sounds pretty much like the 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 picture i had in my head or the experience I've had in my head, but I would never have imagined that because this was decades ago. So it's no. rather shocking to me that I hear that you're saying that the typical method is still, or hasn't changed since then. I think the method in in general that we're t that's that's passed down through the ivory tower. Most musicians are university trained who are offering these lessons. Mm -hmm. um, that ha has not changed. You know, the model is the child shows up once a week, has a lesson, leaves. Maybe the parent pays you at that lesson. Maybe at most the parent will pay you for a month's worth of lessons at a time. 
So you found some sort of frustration in this and motivated you, which is, uh, um, we see this in the incubator and, and that often the businesses that come to us or the projects, it, it, it's originated from a problem directly experienced by that individual. So you you know so how how did you change this? What did what did you do? So I'm going to say what did you innovate? How did you go from this model that you just explained to the what we're going to call a technology of sorts, right? Um, or a technology using the traditional root of the word. So what is it that you changed in that model? So if we want to use the traditional root of the word word of technology the systemic treatment of an art or a craft. And in my case, it is an art and a craft, the art of teaching. It's the craft of being able to play the violin. And I created a system that is easily replicable for any studio teacher to be able to implement this into their system. It involves great policies. It involves um, the creation of a program for the student versus the week week to week lesson with no plan so it's curriculum planning it's taking what a teacher does best turning it into a year-long a semester-long program that can be sold as a, a tuition-based program versus a per service product that most people view lessons as okay so that's so you 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 dealt you're dealing with the the the, the delivery of the system right the yeah. delivery of the education mm -hmm. and how about the education itself is that are you touching that in terms of using a methodology or is it as teaching the music pretty much the same methodology and what you're teaching what the system or what you've created is really for the freelancer entrepreneur who has a teaching or, or a freelance teaching business is that correct i think that um i think that the teaching is augmented it's gotcha. asking that teacher to not just think like because musicians are their own worst enemy and that they're also thinking well i can only offer this weekly lesson and the offerings that are possible be it music theory classes group classes adding on to recitals creating like group experiences for their students to add and like supplement the the one the once a week lesson is definitely part of it so i think that's also helping those teachers think beyond what they think is possible in their own teaching yeah. and you've done some case studies so what what was the findings how did how what is the outcome what did you find in terms of um this how was it working for your clients so i have one uh, case study i'd love to highlight she came to me she's a a cellist in um in the southeast she had an existing studio of 30 students she was teaching seven days a week no real plan for planned time off vacation with her school teacher husband and together we developed we took everything she was already doing. She was offering the weekly lesson. We added group classes and recitals. We put it together in a nine month package. 
you do this with her or is this something that you are delivering or do you work with you cust you work with them to deliver it yeah, or are you I delivering them some uh, something that they implement so it's two parts they receive everything that templates of everything that they would need to do to create this and replicate this over and over and over again on their own they receive templates of studio policies they receive training on the scheduling and invoicing software that I utilize. They um, see, can see my own outlines of how I create, go from innovation to program creation. Uh, so they could, it, it's very much a system that could be done on your own. Where the, where the, I find the magic real, really happens is I, and I see my role as the one who sits there and challenges them to think more and to think of how they can add to their teaching what they can offer their students if they didn't have any limiting beliefs on what the student could afford or what the student was capable of committing to um, and what they wanted to make the best learning environment for their student period so together so currently my coaching model is like a series of calls and together we go from imagination to implementation and creation of this program. So this case study, she went from, she took 30 students, she created a program around her existing teaching, added some group experiences and, and positive performance experiences for everyone, and was able to increase her bottom line by, she will now make 25 to 30% more this year so while, she, working, while working less and being able to take five weeks vacation with her husband throughout the school year. So why aren't music freelancers running to you? Or are they? <laughs> well, I just started this at the beginning of the year. So it's a it's a fairly new project for me. Got you. So this is a startup. Very much a startup. Okay. Very much a startup, but I'm very passionate about getting the word out and helping people create a work-life balance that's manageable. I think that it's a, to the benefit of the student, and I think it's to the benefit of the teacher. And well, this is a direct yeah, reflection yeah. of what I've done to my own life. I went from working seven days a week to now I only teach four days a week, and I reserve my performing as for the other three days a week. Um, and I think that that's a great – that's a work-life balance – that works for me. Other people may feel differently, hmm. but it's help. I think it's the coaching aspect of what I offer is helpful because I, because not every music, because it's been so, we are so ingrained to offer it the same way as everyone else since the beginning of time. That too. So you've delivered, yeah. you've created an alternative, you're delivering this alternative mm -hmm. and how many other case studies did you do? I, I don't need the results, but you, you just started, but that's an extremely positive case study. Mm -hmm. uh, and and are, they, are you getting all these validation from that? Yes. You're I getting have, more validation. Wonderful. Yes. I have six. I have six other case studies I've done. Wow. And Wonderful. totally different clients. I really went, when I chose my beta testers, I really went out of my way to choose beta testers who were coming from very different walks of life. And testing is extremely important. And there's one of the uh, tenets of our art and design incubator is uh, the fellows uh, running tests and iterating, as we call it, through their um, projects or their business ideas. 
So I'm gonna go quickly just change to something because I have you here and your demographic and you, and you work with youth in teaching. So one of the things that, and because this is a Tech Conversation podcast and that is what we hear a lot about, um, you know, and there are studies, but if you could speak to um, maybe give us um, uh, an experience or something, but your point of view of teaching and learning music and how is that applied in terms of the ability to uh, support computational skills, um, analytical and reasoning skills. And, you know, I, I've heard and there's that playing music helps individuals develop this. And we know that this is a very critical area of, of, of technologists. Is that, have you, you know, is that something you can speak to? I think, and particularly the method that I, I think any great music education that one receives, in particular, I love the Suzuki method because it, it allows a child to experience music and experiment with it. Could you give us some, some you, you mentioned it in the beginning, and this is something that you use. Could you just give us the, sort of the outline of exactly what is Suzuki? So Suzuki is a philosophy. Besides, yeah, you know, we might. Yeah, no, you know, no, so. it's not a motorcycle. Suzuki, exactly. Suzuki so. method, the Suzuki method was a method of viol originally violin teaching. Now it's been applied to lots of different instruments that developed in um, post World War II Japan, um, based on language acquisition. So, Dr. Suzuki was watching children learn how to speak Japanese and noticing that they had very complex diet, like we're developing regional dialects at a very young age and wondered, just posited that it was quite possible that you could do the same thing with music through creating a positive learning environment and immersing the child in, in the music they were going to hear. So, um, you know, Suzuki is, a very holistic environment where you are listening to the music a lot. The parent is involved from a very, from the very beginning. The parent's responsible for helping the child practice and executing what happens in the lesson. The and, um, and a quick question: How do you find that uh, in today's, um, I guess, society, where you said you know those parents are very involved? Um, I do know that in certain schools or, 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 or over a period of time, this idea of parent involvement, you know, especially with the idea that both parents now generally work and, and this sort of thing. Um, have you, is, has there been any adaptation due to sort of the changing times in this demographic or is this method pretty much reserved for those that have parents yeah I'm, I'm that's a really that's an excellent question i think that it can be adapted since i was applying it in a title one public school where there weren't parents involved i think that they the weren't or they were they were not involved okay. so i think the philosophy of creating the environment where they hear great music where they're hearing the music that they are about to play and create a part a big part of his was if, when you're learning a language, a parent isn't scolding you every time you say a word wrong. They want you to repeat it again and again until you get it right. 
And so he had this philosophy of creating a positive learning environment, learning environment where the child has no choice but to thrive and is curious about learning. So I think that it's applicable in environments where there isn't a parent. I've, I adapt mine to involve either both parents or use technology like a lot of video capture. I, we take a, a, like quick videos of anything that I'm teaching in a lesson so that they can see it at home if the parent um, isn't around. How, how does the video serve? I, I know often that you know, if you're giving a speech or something, it's said to record it. So what, what's exactly the benefit of recording and, and sending the video to the parent? What's in this? And, and I'm asking because we are really talking about sort of technological systems. Here, right? I mean, I've, I love having the video because I want them to be able, like, I mean, learning music is, we have such an advantage by having this technology available to us. Like, I ha had to rely on complete recall on if my teacher demonstrated something in a lesson. And now parents can sit there with their phones, film me demonstrating it, and be able to show their child so the child can see it and hear it. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Is do you use do, do you how so in the distribution of this business and this 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 system that you've developed? Do you use you, you mentioned it in about video and the importance of it, and it made me think of YouTube because we have so many educational tools in the YouTube platform. Is that something that you use? Is it something that you plan to use, or is it something that is not? Um, you uh, is not you you know not able to deliver. I mean, I think that as this business scales, which it will have no choice but to scale, um, a lot of the general conversations and concepts will t need to turn into video. All right, there like hands-on loom like video training of how to apply these systems or videos of me having this conversation of do you want to be working seven days a week not have a life work-life balance and view your view your students as a, a product a, a child that walks through the door once a week or do you want to have a holistic it's a it's a lifestyle and it's a philosophy of choosing to step off of the hamster wheel mm. well that's that that's a a good place for us to begin to wrap this up um and what you just mentioned is, is something you're really talking about treating the environment and there was uh, something else that you just um men mentioned in in that sense that is coming across our plate or coming across our table in terms of creating educational environments and 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 I, I, for myself, enjoy the fact that we're really starting to think about environments of teaching, not just in terms of <clears throat> the classroom setting, you know, how far or how well the seats are spaced apart, but really thinking about the environments in which we learn. And it sounds like that's exactly where you're focusing and where this is taking you, is really to, to analyze and, and bring something that is meeting people not just in the education but actually you're thinking of as you said the holistic part um in terms of how does this all fit in with one's lifestyle and i know in the incubator that is something that we do have to consider is you know helping these young entrepreneurs think about 
their lifestyle and what they've chosen because it all goes towards the idea of sustainability and longevity. And not just that, to prevent and to mitigate burnout and, and, and fatigue and pure displeasure. It, the journey is hard enough, you know, so um, I think that we're all sort of talking the same language and it makes sense to develop this system in the education uh, realm. Is there anything that you'd like to add or could add? I know one thing I would like to know is what you have, where does somebody find, where does somebody find this system? Where, where, how do you, how do you deliver that? Do they have to find you or is it something, can they just find it and, and implement it? Well, um, they do so need is to there a website. Right, how do you, right, where, how do they find it? Right now they need to find me. You can find me at Linktree slash Laura K. Sinclair, L-A-U-R-A-K Sinclair, S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R. And you can schedule a, ch a chance to talk to me. You can read more about the program. You can dive into my performance work if you're interested in that. I always have a few freebies up on that as well. Like if you're more interested in getting yourself established as a new music teacher and things that you can do before you even leave college in order to get yourself established to set it out on a journey of teaching. Wonderful. Um, so what we're going to do is I think we have covered this, why this is a technology um, and how so. It's very been, been very interesting to learn about this maverick music I wish you, we wish you a lot of success, all myself and the Rapid Art Design Incubator team. Um, as you know, or may not know, Florida International University has a, a, a terrific uh, music department, and we uh, work very closely with an outfit at Miami Beach Urban Studios, um, and there they have uh, an ensemble that is, is part of that so we, we're very fortunate to be around a lot of music perhaps well, do you play the piano because perhaps one day you can come to the incubator and play our grand piano it's time for somebody to be playing some music on that. Why, don't I come, <laughs> why don't i come with my viola and i'll bring someone who can play the piano perfect perfect okay all right so everybody uh, thank you so much for listening to the tech conversations this is neil ramsey from uh FIE Retrofit Art and Design Incubator. We just had Laura Sinclair. Thank you so much, Laura, for, for coming. And uh, this is the season four of Tech Conversations. And this episode was Tech Does Not Mean You Plug It In. Thank you for listening. <laughs>